Victoria Tran, what is your favourite game? My favourite game is Undertale. So I think my first games were, I mean, it was all the Flash games, like a mini clip and addicting games and E-Bombs World. <laughs> Wait, E-Bombs World, did that even have games? I don't think so. Newgrounds. Um, yeah, I never grew up with a console because my parents thought it was evil and we weren't allowed to ever have one. So instead, my brother and I played a lot of PC games, um, Tibia, Ragnarok. I played a lot of free games, basically, if I could. Um, and I think... We, like some of my earliest memories come from all those like different uh, flash games that were available just because they were easy and I would go into like the public library and just play them for like 30 minutes uh, and it was it, yeah I don't know there's so much nostalgia for that and I think it like started getting like real like into gaming when I finally discovered the MMOs uh, like I mentioned Tibia and Ragnarok were my main ones uh I think I had, like, a, a side server of Ragnarok because I didn't pay for it, so... <laughs> it, was, it was whatever... My, my brother was older than me, so he found, he found the, uh, the, the free stuff, basically. Uh, and then at one point, we were gifted a Game Boy Color, and that's when we started playing, like, Pokemon and Zelda, and... Yeah, it's, it's just, a lot of, just a lot of good times with, with free PC gaming, honestly. <laughs> um... You mentioned how you first started out playing with, um, like, you know, flash games on Newgrounds and stuff like that there in Miniclip. Like, what specific games can you recall you were playing at that time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there was... I don't remember the name specifically, but I remember there was, like, a little interactive buddy that you had. And, like, the more you, like, poked him or, like, threw a bomb at him, the more money you would get to buy more equipment to, like attack him more that um, somehow rings a bell to me and i don't know why right it it's like it was like gray and it was just like big the little buddy was like made out of like five circles I don't, or six circles whatever five circles um i don't remember what it's called now it's gonna bother me someone will know someone will know and it's fine um and then there was that like uh the arrow stickman game then there was oh there was Sorry, I'm like going down memory lane now. There's like the Bloons Tower Defense games that I remember. Oh my goodness, there's so many. And I know. Oh, there's all the Neopets games. Oh, naturally. <laughs> naturally. That was that was a whole thing. Um 
gosh, there's just so... It's it's like one of those things where you don't remember them until you see them and you just get that visceral reaction of like, oh, my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> there was Alien Hominoid as well before it all before oh, it made the yes. jump. Yes. Oh, and then there was... Uh, there was all the dress-up games that existed. Yes. I love those. those <laughs> For some so reason, good. I remember that as well. Right? No, it was amazing. I miss those. Fuck, that was the golden age, wasn't it? It was. It was. Just, like, I think the beauty of Flash games was that because uh, they were so small, like, you really just had to focus on one game mechanic and make it really, really fun. Um, and there was, like, nothing else, like, nothing crazy that that you could do with it because, you know, it was just a Flash game. So it always focused on one thing and, oh, it was so fun. Oh, okay. I'm gushing now. Maybe my favorite game is Flash games. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to change games. the entire concept of this no, episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you mentioned as well the Game Boy Color. Like, you were obviously Pokemon and Zelda. Like, mm-hmm, was there any mm-hmm. others that sort of, you know, sort of, you were playing at that time on the Game Boy Color. Yeah, I guess I should specify it was technically the Game Boy Advance. Because, ah! Yes, the, the first goat, time... The handheld. Yeah, see, the first time uh, we got a Game Boy Color from a relative, my mom gave it away. <laughs> I told you, we were not allowed to Okay, have fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when, we got, when we first got a Game Boy Color, I think... From a rel- It was like an old Game Boy Color. It wasn't a new one. It was just a hand-me-down from a cousin. And mm. she was like, nope. You're not allowed to have this because it'll take you away from your studies. And we're like, ah. <laughs> uh, but somehow, I don't know how we were allowed to have a Game Boy Advance. Again, not sure where the logic went with that. But anyways, very happy to have it. Um, yeah, so, we, I mean, we played a bunch of the Zelda games. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember. Oh, we had the... Did Was there Pokemon Pinball? Was that on the Ad- Game Boy Advance? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe it does yeah. ring a bell towards the GBA anyway. Yeah, I mean, I remember we had a bunch of games, but I wasn't interested in them unless basically it was Zelda and Pokemon. There was a Star Wars game. Uh, there was there was honestly there's so many other games that I just didn't care about because I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Zelda and Pokemon. <laughs> I refuse to play anything else. I was like, I'm loyal to these ones only. I do not care about anything else. I do not care about Mario or Mario Kart. Mario Kart yeah. for GBA was yeah. fucking brilliant. I like, didn't play it. I, I didn't. I, know. I I'm wasn't just, into it. I'm just lamenting the fact that you missed out on one of the best racing games of all time with that. I'm sorry. That was such I'm a, sorry. That, that was such a good game. Such a... Such a good game. <laughs> I like I know. I mean, look, I've missed out on a lot of games due to my lack of console. <laughs> what about after that? Like, what was that like? Like coming up, especially with you know, from what I can tell, such a restrictive family. <laughs> I mean, I guess the way I branched out, uh, and I mentioned this before, was the MMOs, mm. um, because that was it. Felt like freedom. Like after, like because my parents restricted all my like all the console usage being able and they didn't know i was playing with people online right uh but being able to uh interact with people online and like go on these adventures and explore these what i thought were huge worlds and they were you know at the time um these massive worlds and uh just gain like have like skill trees and it was so intricate um and there were different job classes it just felt it felt so big to me so i spent like, after Flash games, I spent most of my life 
playing MMOs, I think, um, which was terrible and great. Um, I think, honestly, it kind of helped me do what I do today. And yeah, I think I never, I still have not, not really ever gotten into consoles other than like handheld devices. So like I have a Nintendo Switch and I had a 3DS, but I still have never owned like an Xbox or a PlayStation. I know, and it's bad, but it's, I don't know, because I guess because I've like, I've never grown up with it. It's like, I don't, I still don't get that same hype. I think that everyone else does, Uh, but I really should. I really should get those, those things at some point in my life. That's especially sort of really fascinating here, especially because as we're recording this, not only is this the week of the next gen launches, we are mm-hmm. literally recording this the day PlayStation 5 comes out yeah. in the US and all, all, all the other countries <laughs> yeah. that aren't in Europe and the UK. That's really fascinating to hear that. I know. Everyone's super hyped on my timeline and I'm so happy for them. But again, because I just, I think they're part of the excitement is having a nostalgia attached to something. And since I don't have that, I don't, I'm like, I'm, I would get it in the future, but I'm not like a, the day it launches, I need this <laughs> type of person. Were you like that when you got your Switch anyway? Like, cause at least then you had that sort of connection already with Zelda and Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, I still didn't get the Switch on launch. I'm not a oh. launch day person. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I think I'm just, I think because I didn't grow up. Uh, with a lot of money it's like I never got things the day they like dropped anyway like you would I would normally have to wait for them to become a hand-me-down from like a cousin or some other relative Uh, or uh, we just waited until they were really old and on sale and that's when I got them so it's yeah it's a weird thing where I just never uh, had the opportunity to have something on launch day so now I don't really have that same pull to have things like the minute they drop that's 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 somewhat fair. I can understand that. <laughs> the way I got into the industry was very uh, I, as as we can probably tell now from my very strict upbringing. I never thought games was a thing I could. That was a legitimate thing I could get into. Uh, that wasn't an option on the table for me. <laughs> so I went to university uh, and I have a degree in sociology with a double minor in communications and the social studies of medicine because I was going to go into healthcare uh, PR. That was the original plan. Uh, I graduated and I had like a mini crisis post-grad being like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Everyone else seems to know. And I kind of had this like whole breakdown where I was like, I'm just going to apply for anything that seems interesting to me. That is like even tangentially like a passion of mine. Uh, and games was one of them. So I was like, might as well try games. And that's when I sort of found out like, that the term community management existed. I honestly didn't know this was a thing. This isn't really a thing they teach you in healthcare. Um, so uh, I started applying for a bunch of jobs. A, I got a job in a outsourcing company that does game services. So like QA, um, customer support. They also did community management. I got a role in community management and I got to work a bit on a game and that was really fun. The company... something else (laughs) Uh, but the game was super fun and I loved it and then I was like oh maybe maybe I can do this and that's when I saw or uh, my friend saw that Kid Fox was hiring a part-time community manager on Twitter and I was like you know what nothing to lose I might as well apply and try it out and then yeah 
So then I got that job. <laughs> I guess I should preface this with the fact that during school or university, in order to pay bills, I worked a bunch of like uh, marketing jobs. So I had a lot of experience there hmm. um, in terms of just student-wise, like knowing marketing terms and kind of being able to figure my way out around that. Um, so yeah, so that launched into Kitbox. I worked with Kitbox for almost four years. And very recently, I announced I am the new community director for Innersloth, who make Among Us and the Henry Stickman collection. Victoria was not the imposter. <laughs> I was not the imposter. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the reaction like within your family then when they found out that you were basically working within games or wanting to, to work within games? Um, confusion and a lot of worry. I think, and my mom admitted to me, I think two years, maybe a year ago, actually, she admitted to me she thought it was just a phase. <laughs> she literally thought I was going through like some phase where it was like, oh yeah, she'll know, she'll work in games, she'll have fun, and then she'll go back into the, the real world and get a real job. Uh, I was like, no, no, this is going to be my entire life now. <laughs> I love it too much to leave. Um, but now they're, like, generally supportive. They see I'm not, like, struggling to survive. They can see I'm happy. Um, and they've definitely, like, calmed down a lot uh, since I've graduated because they're like, okay, she's not going to get into, like, drugs and stuff. We're good. We can we can leave them alone for now. So they're very confused, but they're supportive generally. <laughs> So basically, they've now accepted that this is not a quarter-life crisis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, aren't we all going through a crisis at this rate? It's fine. That's true. That's, that, that's, that's very much true. Thank you for pointing that out. Let's talk of your favorite game then, which is Undertale. Um, and I have Undertale. I do own a copy of Undertale on PlayStation 4. Mm. And I've still not played it. And I am such a bad human because I know people who love this game to death. <laughs> and I've still not played it. It's okay. It's okay. There's so many games. It's impossible <laughs> to play all of everyone's favorites. That's that's true. That's actually really reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have that mindset because everyone, when they like hear I haven't played like any of those console games that are like their childhood classics, I'm like, "Look, I don't have the time." <laughs> <laughs> gotta play them all. Gotta play them. All. Gotta play them all. <laughs> oh, gosh, um, yes. <laughs> um, so what? Well, 
let, let, let's properly discuss Undertale then, I guess. Um, what sort of attracted you to it? Like, what sort of made you want to play it, basically? Honestly, the first time I was exposed to it was uh, from a streamer. I was just watching a streamer play it, and I had I had never heard of Undertale. And I was watching it, and I was like, okay, this looks like, you know, cool, like, earthbound uh, type thing. And then as the streamer started playing it more and more, I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of discovered it from a streamer, and... I was motivated to play it from that, but also I've basically watched several other people play it. Like yeah. I keep watching. Like I can't. I'm not. I'm don't get tired of watching people play this game. <laughs> um, you mentioned that sort of Earthbound mother aspect. To it. Um, I wanted that. Like, was that another game that you were playing a lot on on the Game Boy as well? Uh, I actually played it on PC via an emulator. <laughs> ah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you find that? Earthbound? Yeah. And Mother? Yeah. Oh, I love them. Um, my best friend is super into the game and was the one who introduced me to it. And she and I, like, the story to it is just... I think I I think that's part of like why I love Undertale so much. I mean, I think that's what Undertale started off as, right? I think some mod or something to Earth Mother or Earth. Anyway, I don't remember which one. Um, we don't, in fairness, like we all don't. So like, you can call it what. Yeah, I do. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think like the the characters are so charming. Like just the little quotes. Like for some reason, I still remember the like phrase "fuzzy pickles" every time someone takes a photo. Um, yeah, I just. It's charming, it's sweet, it made me, like, tear up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, obviously, like, um, Mother and, you know, games like um, Moon were big inspirations to it. Like, um, like talk to me a little bit about how you felt, like, you, uh, you saw those inspirations between Undertale and, you know, like, Earthbound and Mother and even Moon as well. Like, have you played Moon? I haven't played Moon, actually. Oh. Oh, I'm Maybe I should look into that. But it's very—it's—it's it's, it's admittedly very similar, apparently, in terms of uh, basically being. Uh, if I remember correctly, because I know someone did an article on this fairly recently, it's very similar in terms of being. And well, I guess Mother is technically an RPG anyway. Like it's very—it's—it's <laughs> it's very similar in that regard anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I—I I do find I think. I mean, there's there's so I mean there. The art style kind of feels reminiscent of like the two games where they mesh it's just a lot of things and i think i'll get probably more into this later but like one of the things that i love so much about undertale is the story and how the characters feel so charming and full of life and i think both games have that of just like the monsters kind of they're weird but they also have their own sort of charm to it i guess i'm not describing it super well um but I, i'm trying to like just the small quotable phrases that you can grab from each game and that leave an impression on you. I find that, honestly, for me, like, I find narrative really hard to follow in games. Not as in, like, hard to understand or whatever, but, like, it doesn't grab me that much. Like, the writing mm. has to be really good for me to actually be interested and not just, like, mash A <laughs> to, like, skip through it to get to the action part, honestly. Um, and both of these games have been ones that I've loved 
like reading myself, but also seeing people react to it and watch it. And I think because of the nature of uh, my job with games is that I find so much joy in watching people play games and understand and seeing how they react to things. And I think both games have that sort of uh, beauty in their writing to them where it feels very human, where it feels very relatable and it doesn't, it, it, it literally feels like you're, you are the character, let's say. Um, and then I also just thought of it. I'm like, Oh, both of the main characters have striped shirts. That's like, that's like not it. That's not really it. I mean, look, it's a similarity. And then obviously, like, there's a combat system, um, which Undertale, like, totally goes wonky with, but they, they're they very similar. Um, yeah, I don't... It's... Uh, there's so many similarities that I actually haven't really thought of until you asked this question. <laughs> um, you mentioned as well, like, you, you, you sort of find joy in watching people... Uh, watching people play games, like... Can you elaborate on what that sort of feeling is like? Yeah. Um, huh. Why do I find joy? It's, I think it, it feels like the closest I can get to going on an adventure with them. Like, like obviously, like, yeah, we could go on a hike together, uh, which is a whole other thing. Mm. But, like, a legitimate, like, I love seeing them be surprised or being surprised with them depends like you know if I've played the game or not or I know what's happening um being able to see people like react to a game's premise or a mechanic or something fun that the game has done kind of like I think it feels like connecting with them and I think one of the things about the internet and being online and stuff is that we often mistake the fact that we can, like, there's many opportunities to connect, right? Like, I could message all, I don't know, 500 of my Facebook friends and technically connect with them. But that's not the same as actually feeling really connected with them and feeling like we're experiencing a moment or, um, like, really, like, feeling like friends or whatever, right? And mm. when you have games that react, that make you emotionally react to something or that make you laugh together, uh, it feels like you're connecting with them and it feels like, oh, we're on the same page and um, we both understand that whatever is happening right now is ridiculous or right now everything that's happening is shocking and sad. Uh, and yeah, I really, I really enjoy those moments of connection. So I think watching like streamers or watching a friend play a game and just chatting with them and seeing their expressions is part of the fun, for sure. Well, in, in the specific case of Undertale, then, like, what 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 is it that brings you that joy in watching people play Undertale, then? Undertale is, is a game that is built on subverting a lot of expectations. And that's one of my, like, favorite things about... Uh, any honestly a lot of forms of media like anything that kind of subverts expectations is really fun and exciting for me mm. uh and undertale does that so i think i think because undertale has so many um shocking moments that kind of lead you on into thinking like oh okay like i understand how this is going to go um especially like you know if they at the time when you didn't if when they didn't know that Undertale was that big or like had these many plot twists or like whatever. Uh, it was a it was a legitimate surprise and delight when they discovered like, oh, like I don't have to stay in this like box that it says uh, 
like my attack should go like I could go other like other places to like dodge it or whatever or um the way the characters in the monsters in the game uh would interact with you and then I don't know completely like be really snarky or really cute or really fun or the fact that you realized that you were a terrible person if you killed the monsters <laughs> um and just like the the whole storyline it, it it was just it's a thing that surprised a lot of people and that's kind of the joy of it and even if you know the surprises that are coming um I think they have so much life to them and it feels like they live they exist in a world outside of you that it kind of uh makes you enjoy it even when you know what's happening and the way they make they break the fourth wall sometimes and you're like maybe this does exist I guess they technically exist outside of me. And it makes you, like, question everything. Oh, I could go into a whole thing about it. <laughs> like, the fact that you said, like, a bit, um, whenever you're, if you end up killing too many of the monsters and the enemies in the game, it basically makes, like, makes you feel like a bad person. It's sort that sort of moral dilemma. It's very powerful, especially coming from a game. Because, like, the two examples mm-hmm. that make me think, oh, well, not two necessarily, because one is very different, like, but, like, when you mentioned that example there now, it makes me think back to Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. and how one by one you're killing each of these monsters who are doing basically otherwise nothing to you. And, yeah. they, only, and they only fight with you because you are attacking them. And then towards the end of the game, it, you sort of moral, as, as, as it goes on and on and on, you morally feel like, that meme, that gif going about, like, basically saying, are we the baddies? The baddies! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. And, like, I think the worst part is, it's like, so if, I mean, spoilers? <laughs> Good part. <laughs> I mean, we've been, spoil- we've been spoiling this. Um, I think, like, one of the best parts is, is that, like, yeah, you're dropped into this world and you're the one choosing to attack everyone. And the thing is, it's like, at the end, if you're continuing to go on, like, a whole, like, I'm going to kill everything in this world, the main characters in the beginning of, like, because, you know, there's different routes you can play, right? You can not kill anyone, you can kill everyone, you can kind of kill everyone. Anyways, uh, but at the end, like, a lot of the characters who you know from, like, all your interactions with them and who you know their, like, preferences and their, like, dreams and their goals. They're like, oh, no, like, you can still be a good person. Like, you don't have to, you still don't have to do this. Like, I believe in you. Like, even when you're battling them, they're, they, like, refuse to give up on you as being a good person. They're like, you don't have to do this. It's okay. And I'm like, no. (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm a terrible person. It's the fact that the games sort of provide those morals to you that just just sort of question everything. I think that sort of makes why these sorts of games are very powerful. Yes, for sure, for sure. Like, I was watching uh, my friend stream it uh, for the first time, and he had never played it. Um, and then we played a another game together, and it was just, I think it was like RoboQuest or something, and we're like, are we just, are we just killing everything for the sake Without, of killing. Because I know for the sake of killing, like what are we doing? <laughs> so bad. Uh I think the other game that that, that I was sort of referencing earlier that sort of questions everything. And actually no, I don't know if it necessarily questions everything, but it sort of flips it on its head and that it sort of gives you 
uh, what's the term I'd be looking for here? It sort of gives you like an empathy for mm-hmm. the monsters in the game. The game I was actually thinking of there was um, Rookie that recently came out on Switch and PC. Because like in that game, the monsters aren't necessarily your enemies. They're basically, you know, they're there to share empathy with. Like, I remember yeah. um, playing a demo of it at EGX last year and how there was this troll underneath the bridge. And usually in any other game you would fight it, but here yeah. you have, you sort of develop an, um, an empathetic bond with with the, the troll, basically. So mm. I guess really it's... I sort of turn this into a question. How how does games like Undertale like sort of deal with things like empathy and well, I guess we've sort of been talking about that for the past five months. So, but like, how does sort of yeah, like just how how does it sort of deal with that empathy and turning it into something that's basically a good takeaway message? If that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I think what it does. Like, how does it create empathy into a takeaway message? Or like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where the char- they make the characters actually relatable. Um, like the things that make you connect with them aren't that they have like, <laughs> I guess, huge lofty goals it's just like i want to watch anime (laughs) like i really like spaghetti it's just like it's one of those things where it's it's small little things that you can understand like honestly like oh like i i can connect with that not maybe not like oh i also love spaghetti as much as papyrus does uh but that the things that kind of make up someone's personality aren't necessarily always the huge things but like the little things and you see the, them interacting with like their siblings they see you see them like having a crush on someone you see them like acting really nervous um and it's just like these small little quirks to them that kind of makes them feel alive even though you don't necessarily know their entire backstory you don't need to know it you just need to know the kind of the little quirks to them and the little things that make up a personality um, and from that, I think you feel connected with them. It's not anything that's like polarizing, let's say. Um, and then from that, I think it kind of leads you towards feeling bad about them or like, you know, being like, oh, this person's my favorite or this, like, I don't really like this person or whatever. Um, but regardless of that, it's like when you get to like the final scenes, you kind of realize oh during this entire time we've been building a relationship because we've just had these little moments of like i know this about you and i know this about you i know you're really sad and when you're really sad you listen to music and we go into a weird space world (laughs) it's it's just i think what it does really well is that again it uses those moments of connection um and like the beauty of like small simple moments into creating these characters that you can empathize with and that you kind of want to protect or that you want to get to know more uh by the time you get into like the final battle scene let's say with them Mm. and also it uses the combat system to create these moments too right uh we haven't i haven't talked about the battle system at all but it it utilizes that as also like part of the narrative of the game Let's let's talk about that then. Like um, combat system. Like I I have it here in my list of things to talk about. But like, 
how, how like how does sort of that combat system sort of play into the narrative then like yeah so it, you have the kind of basic um like it's turn based so you know you have the fight uh i think run fight act item mercy yes that's what it was um and it's it's one of those things where like fighting could actually like you would actually be fighting them and you know damaging them uh but acting is the thing where it's like oh how like talk to them give them a hug or and you have to figure out which combination of things in the acting form not in the fighting form in the acting form uh would actually calm them down and let them calm down enough that you could just basically be like all right mercy or uh just let them go or whatever mm. um and i think like part of that it's like oh like that's you have to read the text like it makes you read the text it's like what is this monster going through you literally have to read between the lines basically yes yes basically um and then it does like you know fun things with the actual combat so in in order to damage you like their attacks have to hit like the little heart in the box um and they use creative ways like like you can actually like for some of the attacks that you just go completely out of the box like i've mentioned so it kind of subverts expectations there and it always does like really silly weird things it changes the shape of the box it like uh does different things with it so that um it feels almost like a mini game of like dodging attack like a little of like a mini bullet hell that you have to do <laughs> with the uh with the different attacks uh and then that being said it's like maybe they completely change up the battle system. Like for one of the quotation mark battles with Papyrus, it becomes a date. And now you have to like try to date <laughs> Papyrus uh, with the same battle system. Um, and yeah, so like basically I think what it does is that it, one, it forces you to read, but also it uses this as an opportunity for you to figure out uh, kind of what problems or what, issues this monster is going through and how you can help them out with that and i think that's that's really cute you go back to go back to what you mentioned earlier like that's a massive subversion of what you would traditionally find in say an rpg basically because obviously in an rpg you're just basically you know fighting a baddie or fighting an enemy just for the sake of you know defeating them and progressing whereas here you do have that option obviously but like you're using that battle system to you know subvert basically and just basically use it as a way to sort of provide empathy and connection with um the 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 monsters characters in the game and obviously using it to sort of date papyrus like like it goes back to what you said earlier about subversion like it, it, it ties into that very well yeah yeah it's I was extremely delighted to see that happen in the game. Um, and I almost bought the hoodie for it, but then it got, it was sold out. And <laughs> now I can't have it. Sad face. Um, so, um, you mentioned as well, uh, well, you mentioned it in part there as well. Um, but like, it is, Undertale is basically an RPG at its heart, obviously. Like, we sort of mentioned that a lot, but like, you mentioned as well, like, there are other elements of, you know, all the genres in there, like, bullet hell shooters, like, how, how do you sort of find that sort of mashup as well, like, like, yeah, just how, how, how did you personally find that? I found it really fun, um, I mean, I love bullet hells, honestly, <laughs> so there was that part, but I, I'm, I guess I get 
really, um, how do I put this <laughs> nicely? I like variety in my gameplay, let's say. Uh, so the fact that it changes up the battle system, it doesn't just make it, like, completely, like, turn-based. It, like, I feel like I'm doing something when it does the bullet hell, and because every monster has its own attack pattern or attack style, it changes that up a lot, too. Um, I don't know. I find it really exciting, and I like it when there's little things to do in games. Uh, but that's kind of just my play style, for sure. When you say that, like, can you elaborate on that? It's just, like, you say you love the little things. Like, like, what exactly is it about them that you would like? Yeah, it's... I think it, keep, it keeps things spicy. It keeps things spicy in the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> but basically, it's, like, because... Welcome to uh, Late Night, my favorite game. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's, like, I, I am the type of gamer where, like, once I get used to, like, knowing how to do something, I'll just button mash my way through it, right? Mm. Um, if I was fighting, like, if, if the fight was normal, I'd just be like, fight, fight, um, do the strongest attack, okay, fight. I, like, barely use items. I'm one of those people where, like, I refuse to use potions. I just ho- hoard them. <laughs> because I'm like, what if I need them later? And then I never use them. Um, but I'll, like, stick to, like, the basic combat moves I know, and I'm like, cool. Uh, and I think what, what because Undertale does a lot of subversion or because it feels like every monster has its own different attack pattern. It's like, I can't get comfortable, let's say, hmm. uh, just doing what I normally do. Uh, I mean, at one point, like there's the very common enemies where you're like, okay, I get what's happening here. But the fact is, it's like, it doesn't have so many of those moments that I get bored, let's say, or I become complacent with how the combat system works. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned as well. Um, just to go back slightly, that you love playing bullet hell games. Like, what what specific bullet hell games do you like playing? Um, is it bad that I can't like remember the names of them? <laughs> um, it's probably pretty bad. I, okay, because it's like the because in flash games, like the bullet hells are oh, okay. very popular, right? Yeah, and then like you have the arcade cabinets that. Mm. basically felt like bullet hells uh where we're like the sh- like the fighter jets or whatever and you're just shooting things um oh just shapes and beats was really fun i really like that i remember uh, that that's ringing a bell a lot yeah yeah uh oh, there's definitely more that i played that i really enjoyed mm. I, oh i remember uh mm? i don't know i feel like there's not like many bullet like big bullet hell games that i know of I don't play them super often, but when no. I when I get the opportunity to, I'm like, ooh, how exciting. <laughs> There's too many games. <laughs> There's too many games as it is. Like, not just bull hells. Just, There's just too many games. Oh, for sure. Now, now I'm like, now it bothers me that I can't remember any bullet hell games. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Cuphead was really fun. <gasps> how did I fucking forget about Cuphead? Right? I was like, there was one. There was one that was like very popular and I loved it. Um, and it was Cuphead. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself right now. Uh, me too, me that. too. It's okay. We both forgot Cuphead. Um, but I love that. Uh, oh, and then Enter the Gungeon was really fun too, of course. And that. Oh, fuck. Yes. I, feel, oh, I know. Th- I know. We're terrible. Like, <laughs> if, if this episode is a record of nothing else, it's the fact that we know very little about Bullet Hell games, even yeah. though one of us has played a dozen of them. Well, it's okay. It's okay. 
Don't worry about it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> this has been cult. This has been cult from the <laughs> We're just exposing ourselves at this point. We are, aren't we? <laughs> We're showing ourselves up as, as just sort of uh, fake gamers at this point. Like, I'm oh yes, this is fake gamer confirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more or less. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, let's talk of the story then, because like we sort of sort of been scooting around it. Um, like you mentioned how it's full of charm, and yeah. like the characters are full, are full of such charm as well. But like, go into a bit more detail then uh, about how you found the story then. Yeah, so there's different paths uh, of which the story can take, but basically you're dropped into a monster world as a child, and you have to find your way out. And along the way, you befriend a lot of different characters, and each character feels so alive. Just so... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it has the exact sort of humor that I love so much like you'll find a character who's like hi i really really want to go to college please buy my items so i can go to college (laughs) i feel you i'll buy everything (laughs) um and then there's there's like these two sets of like uh, this set of skeleton brothers basically who are i don't know they just have the best relationship and then there's this there's this hero and there's who like has a crush, who's definitely going to date this dinosaur who loves anime. Uh, <laughs> this all sounds very random if you have like no idea. That that about. also feels very Toby Fox though. Yes, it does. It does and that's what I love about it. It's just it's it's the thing where it's like all these characters have such different personalities and it sounds so random when you just like talk about it out of context, but within the game it works so well and it makes so much sense um and i think that it's like it it doesn't feel like it leans onto stereotypes necessarily of characters which i find like a lot of games do that it's like oh like you know you have like a jock character and you'll have the funny character and then you'll have this character um everyone kind of has multifaceted personalities and i think the fact that you can tell um they have relationships outside of you just talking to them feels really feels really interesting and fun um and like for example the the skeleton brothers are like my favorite characters and one of them is papyrus is kind of is very silly he's the one you go on a date with he's the one who like loves spaghetti and uh just has these like lofty goals um, and his more down-to-earth brother. And you'll see, like, he'll, like, Papyrus will try to set, like, a puzzle trap for you. And he's like, oh, you'll never figure it out. And they're the easiest puzzles in the world because he's just not very good at them. <laughs> and it's really cute. Um, this isn't even, like, the main narrative of the story, right? It's just, I think the strength of it is that the characters you meet along the way are so full of life that it it makes the entire story feel so full and vivid. Um, But then, of course, as you, like, progress, you figure out, like, oh, uh, the the things you're doing, let's say, like, EXP doesn't mean what you think it means, um, and you are the driving factor of, like, whether or not... Like, you're basically the evil character if you decide to kill everyone, and that's kind of, like, playing the role of the villain well if you were to go the other route then you would just be playing like 
this like lost kid who's like just trying to get along with everybody and get out of this monster world but also there, there's a cute mother that wants to take care of you oh yeah it's great and then uh there's also weird experiments at the end but i won't get into that <laughs> it's, it's it's fascinating that you mentioned that about the story like do you think that there's humanity in it in a, in a way Yes, there is. It is one of the most human games about monsters <laughs> with with monsters. These monsters are basically some of the most human characters I've seen in games. That That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you, you, Undertale has a very similar taste of humor that you like. Like what, what other games, not, necess- actually, not necessarily games, like, but what other things with similar humor do you sort of like that fall into that humor that Alan Detail has. Who other games that have that humor? Not necessarily other games, although if you can find them, obviously. Oh. The... oh, God. I'm sure there are. This is going to be that thing where, like, with the same bullet hell thing, where it's like, uh, there's definitely a game I'm missing, or, like, some piece of media that I'm missing uh, that I can't think of right now. Um... Gosh, I'm trying to... I don't know. What are, what are, what are games that people find funny? I'm trying to think. God, even I'm struggling now. Right? Like, what what games are funny? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I am going through what I'll call from here on out the COVID fart brain. Where we yes, just, COVID just, fart brain. Where we've just oh completely forgotten about everything now. What? Yeah, I cannot remember any game. Oh my, there's definitely... Humor... I'm trying to Google. I'm, hu- funny games. <laughs> nope, that doesn't work. Uh... We're really exposing ourselves here now. I know. Oh my god. How can I not? Um... I mean, in its... Uh, I guess it's more charming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kind of, like, cute humor from Untitled Goose Game was really nice. But that, but that wasn't, like, necessarily actually comedic, I suppose. But it could be based on could character, be. on character choice and agency. It's true. It's true. But it's it's not this. It's still not the same. That like. Okay, fair mm, enough. That's that's kind true. Of. Uh, comedy game. Oh, comedy. What? No, not that. Mm, <laughs> sorry, like I'm judging these. I'm like, what? Grand Theft Auto Five is in. What? I know. Sometimes the Steam tags are interesting. Like, it has slight elements of dark humor and comedy, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a comedic game. Right? Oh my goodness. How can I not think of anything when I know they exist? <laughs> oh dear. I think we're showing ourselves up, so let's just move away yeah, from we'll, the topic. We'll, mo- we'll move away from it from now, but watch me like yell out a random game name in the middle of the... like podcast because i've remembered something <laughs> if, if if we can figure out some answers we'll come back to it but in the meantime <laughs> um i think obviously one of the bigger aspects of undertale is the soundtrack oh, so good i still listen to it now like yeah like just basically go from there like like because like it is it does feel like it's one of the bigger aspects of Undertale. Like, I think they even just had a, 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 a streamed orchestra show as well. Yes, and- I watched it with friends, and we were... We went through all the feelings just watching that, and I was like, oh my god, I love this so much! 
Um, sorry, this is clearly just an entire podcast of me gushing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Gushing's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like, talk to me a, a bit more about that soundtrack then, because like, yeah, it's it is just such an iconic aspect of the game. Anyway, I know that much, even though I've not played it. Yeah, I think I think the reason part of the reason it's so iconic is that the sa- the songs. One, are amazing. They are so good. Like, you can... It's like some battles, like, I've seen streamers get stuck on a battle for, like, eight hours. (laughs) And they still aren't sick of the song. Like, it just... The loop and, like, the... It just doesn't get on your nerves. Yet it's still catchy enough that you're, like, you're, like, bopping to it. Um, And it has so many different moods, right? It has, like, the kind of, like, more mellow, chill moments, the really silly songs, the like actual boss battle music which motivates you and fills you with determination uh and i and the fact that these soundtracks are so attached i think because the uh characters are so you connect with them so much or like the moments you have in the game feel so visceral it's like the music that's attached with it when you hear it like in an orchestra you get all the same feelings you had like when you were battling like a boss when you were going on a date with papyrus um or when you were just like trying to get this dog to go to college like it it has yeah it has like songs that just are specifically attached to those moments um and it makes you feel all the feels again i think that's why it, it connects with people so much and has created such a uh such a huge following for the soundtrack which is sometimes quite rare for games which is sad i think soundtracks add a lot to games that people don't realize mm. you mentioned how people are like, like there have been people who've gone through boss fights and like not been able to beat them for about eight hours but have that musical loop how do people put up with that <laughs> like what is it about undertale's sort of charm that my bully dog what is it about that sort of charm that sort of makes people put up with it for about eight hours, basically? <laughs> I mean, this streamer was particularly stubborn. Uh, so who knows if anyone else would have gone through it. But it is it is known to be the hardest boss battle. But I mean, like, how does anyone did, like feel like they want to go through? It's like, why does anyone play Dark Souls <laughs> not, uh, if they don't like hard boss battles? But that being said, I think because... Like, the reason someone goes through this uh, and maybe suffers through eight hours of trying to beat this one boss is the combination of, like, you know, the soundtrack and I'm sure all the different elements, the past uh, gameplay you've had before and the story you know and want to continue and see what happens. Like, all of that, like, drives you to want to beat this one boss because he's, like, he he's a boss that starts off as a friend. And continues to be a friend, honestly. It's just, like, he's trying to stop you from literally uh, murdering everyone in the game. Uh, so he's the good guy. He's the hero. Uh, and you are completely the villain. Uh, so it's it's the history you have with him and the way he, like, talks. And he's like, oh, I believe in you. Like, you can do this. And then he's, like, get dunked on when he kills you after you were like, you know what? You're right. And he's like, no, you're a terrible person. I'm killing you. Um, and honestly... The game is all about uh, the the running theme in the game is determination. It's like any time like something happens, it's like it fills you with determination. Uh, you're determined to get through this, and I think this boss battle is kind of just a culmination of that. It's like you have to stay determined if you want to do this, uh, 
and you're a terrible person if you are, but you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of it. It's like the, it's so cohesive with the game and the narrative it's telling you that it's like, if you, you are a character that's filled with determination and determination is what gets you through anything in this world and in life, honestly. So, uh, this boss battle is sort of the, is determination epitomized in a, in the game. It's sort of why people go through that eight, yeah. uh, that eight hour lip. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think everyone went through the eight-hour. Okay, true, I mean, but but like yes. it's it's what would make one people play through an eight-hour loop, basically. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> I guess with Undertale, then like it sort of built up the rise in a way, I guess, of Toby Fox because now he's basically this sort of one-man band who's done everything within the game, like game design, mm-hmm. narrative, story, music, like. Very few people can do that, basically, and yet he's able to do it. I know it's 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 wild. Um, and I think I mean I think he had some help with one of a few of the songs and some of the art, but otherwise, yeah, I think it was basically him. Like that that's just basically nuts to me. Like how well besides the the old help he got, like how he managed to basically make this entirely successful popular game that is now five years later from its release like so beloved and like if you this is purely hypothetical here but like if you were able to make a game like that over so many facets like how how, how would you be able to do something like that like i'm just sort of thinking aloud here in a very stupid way but i'm just sort of morbidly well not morbidly but like i'm just sort of curious about how someone could do that basically it's 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 sort of somewhat fascinating to me in a way yeah i, mean, I don't know did he make it in game maker he did uh, it says it says game maker yeah yeah so i don't know i mean there's so many i think the thing is it's like he he has been let's say making games since i don't know actually how old he was uh but like you know he made the he made the earthbound mother mods or whatever yeah. um and I assume like he's been making things on Game Maker for a while, so it's it's one of those things where it's like it seems like it just came out of nowhere, but it's definitely like a culmination of years and years of work and uh, tinkering around with Game Maker. And maybe he always had this idea in mind, right? Like it sort of draws from that same mod that he made. Uh, I don't even know if it's a mod, anyways. Uh, and I think that's the thing with a lot of solo devs, game developers in general. It's like it's it's so many and actually all all work in general it's like it's years of working on something and just slowly getting to this point where now it's like oh now everyone noticed what i'm doing because it's huge uh but they didn't see like the like tens and thousands of other projects i've worked on or failed in uh let's say or the hours of experience or hours of work i put into game maker um so yeah but it is still like amazing and fascinating and also takes you know a lot of money and time and who knows side tinkering right (laughs) that's true that's admittedly very true um what else do you like about undertale that we've not talked about music the characters the story the battles um i'm trying to think of what else I mean, it, 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 so, I mean, clearly from the way I've been talking, so much of it lies in the narrative. And I think I talked a lot about the humor, but I think there is 
I I don't know if it was because I just saw Undertale in a time when I needed it a lot, which was like you know like the end of university. Uh, and I had no idea what I was doing. And it felt like I was very lost as well. Uh, but it does have very hopeful messages that I think a lot of people resonate with. Uh, I saw, like, several streamers, like, sobbing <laughs> when the game came out, like, near the ending, just because it it is very encouraging and it is very hopeful, um, which is, again, quite rare for a game to actually instill, like, those, like, you know, Games that can make you cry or hopeful or whatever. I think that's much harder to do than a game that makes you angry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it. I think there's a, a certain element of uh, hope to it that is very, very nice. Like You mentioned that it came out at, at a certain time when you were sort of confused about what you were doing, mm-hmm. what was next for the... What was next for you? Like, um... Like that sort of personal connection to it, like like finding those certain personal connections to it, the certain personal times in your life, that like that sort of resonates a lot with me. And I think because of that, it, the games really resonate a lot more. As a result, I think that's sort of why. Well, it's really why The Last of Us is my favorite game. It's why mm. Metal Gear Solid Three is right behind, it, especially Metal Gear Solid Three, and also as well to a lesser extent, why The Last Guardian is in oh. my top five games ever. And mm-hmm. the reason I say The Last Guardian is, is is in retrospect, not just because it is such a brilliant game, mm-hmm. um, pulse and all, but because I was going through like the worst year of my life and even mm-hmm. <laughs> even in 2020 now i'll still say that's the worst year of my <laughs> life yeah like you must be doing something wrong if 2020 is not the worst year of your life oh no and yet 26 <laughs> you did it and i think that's sort of why last guardian really resonated with me as my favorite game that year and in my top five games of all time because it resonated with me during a really difficult period that mm-hmm. entire year. So I guess this is sort of a roundabout way to ask or even just point out that games mean a lot, obviously. And they mm-hmm. can mean a lot in many different ways, but the fact that they can... Um, the fact that they find something during you know these certain life moments and really resonate a lot more as a result, Yeah, that's... That's very powerful. It's very strong. It is. It is. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of games. It's like if you find the right one at the right time, like it kind of just, it stays with you. Like it's like a companion to you, like your entire life. (laughs) In that case, then I can see why there's a sort of Triku statue next to me. Good, good, good bird. Good bird cat. Good bird cat. (laughs) Trusted bird cat. (laughs) Uh, um, what about Undertale did you not like Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um... honestly (laughs) Uh, I I mean I didn't like how it it made me feel things. <laughs> 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 it made me feel so many things. 
made me feel like a terrible person. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's it's. I mean, I'm one of those people. This is why I would be a terrible game critic, by the way. I'm. It's very hard for me to actually like find a lot of flaws in a game. I'm just like, oh, I mean, like it, if it didn't suit me, it might suit someone else. So it's not a really big deal. Uh, and I know like a lot of smart. I've seen a lot of like smart people like do like video essays about Undertale and say this and this but to me it's just like I think again because we just talked about like it came at the right place at the right time that it's really hard for me to not to have really solid criticisms of it I guess because um it just felt it because it meant so much to me um like, sure, like, I could be like, oh, I wish the art style were like this or whatever, but it's, it's one of the, I think it brings a certain charm to it, and I'm not necessarily someone who, like, needs perfect art for, to enjoy a game anyway, mm. so, um, yeah, I can't, I, I honestly can't say much. <laughs> I guess it's because it did come along at that right time, there is a sort of, not necessarily biased view of it. Mm-hmm. Although you could probably argue that as well. But because it came along at that right time, you sort of have blinders on in a way. Yeah, for sure. And I can acknowledge that, right? It's like I I definitely have blinders on. And it's been, honestly, like part of this is that it's been years since I've played the game. Mm. (laughs) Right? Like I don't remember. I'm sure I had like some annoyances with like maybe how the battle system worked or like maybe... Um, certain parts of it felt laggy but like you don't remember those parts you remember the parts that connected with you and that were really good so I'm like I can't I can't recall after years of not playing it's been like what five years now I don't remember since the games come out Um, yeah more or less five years yeah yeah so I'm like I don't I I honestly can't recall um so what about um Delta Rune then because that's coming first chapter's already out for yeah. like nearly two years now it has two three years I can't remember at this point in time it's basically yeah, it's been a, a, while. a non-existent concept mm-hmm. um like like have you played that yet no I'm trying I don't I'm someone who's like I need to play the entire thing in one that's fair that's I fair I can't I can't yeah but I have heard I have heard Delta Rune is good very good so my hopes are high <laughs> That's that's fair, cause I cause I do have that first chapter. I think like downloaded on my Switch, or at least I got it all on the Switch. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I I am more or less like you at this point. I'm just gonna wait for the full game at this point. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe maybe by the time Delta Rune comes out in full, I'll have played Undertale, or I'll wait until closer to Delta Rune comes out. And yeah, play on the just tail. have a whole thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then play Delta Rune entirely in full. So um that might be the way I'll go with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
Honorable mentions. Go for it. Uh, The Sims. <laughs> Fair enough. I really, I think The Sims was a great game that sort of made, like, no matter if you're, like, a quotation mark gamer or not, I think games that can get other people playing it who don't consider themselves gamers is a good thing because, you know, you want to you wanna have a big pool of people buying and playing games. And The Sims was just a fun way of showing, like, oh, you don't need these, like, bombastic fantasy worlds. You can literally just live out a life and it would be amazing and great. Um, oh, of course, Breath of the Wild. Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. Everyone everyone talks about Zelda Breath of the Wild and I am talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Uh, God, just, it made exploring so fun. So fun. I don't... And I, and I think as yeah. well, like, Breath of the Wild, because, like, I played, before Breath of the Wild, I think I only played something like a combined 10 hours of the likes of Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and maybe Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Breath of the Wild, I think I played about 50, maybe 60 hours of that game. And I was completely enamored in it because of that sense of exploration it gives you that you mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just discovering. Like, it legitimately felt like... It didn't feel like a game design... Like, game developers, like, put something there. It felt like you figured it out. You're like, oh my goodness, like, this this wasn't here. I found out. I found this out. You know, it's just like... Oh, God. And, like, the fact that you could look into the horizon and see, like, little points of interest and be like, what's that? What's that? And I saw someone uh, compare it to how Disney World actually, or Disney uh, designs their theme parks of, like, putting little points of interest in, like, the horizon where it makes you feel like you're like, ooh, what is that? Like, I want to explore there and go there. Um, That's the exact same thing Zelda did uh, with Breath of the Wild. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) fascinating architecture. Um, yes, so, Breath of the Wild. Um, is it cheating if I mention even more Zelda games? I feel no, like no, go for it, go for it. <laughs> um, so, I really love Zelda the Minish Cap, even though it was a short game. It has that nostalgia factor to me. Oh, and Zelda Oracle of Seasons. Obviously, like, a no- lot of nostalgia being played here. Um... I well, think it's... it harkens back to the start of the episode where you basically mentioned how you got into Zelda. Yes, so. yes. Uh, clearly, I'm a big Zelda fan, um, which is yeah. I don't. I don't know. It. It. This one is cheating because it's just honestly uh, nostalgia going in. I don't even think the stories are that good. I mean, Oracle Season story is good. Minish Cap story is like okay. Um, it's just a. I don't know. I guess it's the sense like Zelda has continually made me feel like I'm on an adventure, uh, and. It always goes on my favorite games list, for sure. Uh, what else is there? Oh, I think Papers, Please was a really interesting indie game that was super, like, clever and profound and had, like, made a lot of impact with, like, a very, like, basic system, I suppose. Um, and it's, like, a statement. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. Papers, please. Um, it's very basic at its most facing levels, but mm-hmm. like it, like you say, it does send a message, um, a very political message at that. Um, it's such a phenomenal game. It is. It really, it is. really is. Really is, and like I've still yet to play Uber Dunn as well. 
I really need to play that because of Paper Space. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oberdin was interesting. What a, like, fascinating system. Yeah. That okay. that feels like... <laughs> st- oh, yeah, I need, to, I need to play that. Um, mm-hmm. Have you got any more? Um, I like... I really like A Short Hike. And I think part of the reasons that I feel like A Short Hike kind of embodies the fact that we're sort of have. I mean, is it... I think wholesome games are, like, becoming more and more prevalent. I agree. I'm very, so, I'm very happy, yeah, so... Exactly. And I'm also very excited for that. And I think A Short Hike is one of the best embodiments of that, of, like, it's sort of the antithesis... Not antithesis, but it's... It's a very... It's a short game. It is all about just gliding and having a chill time. Um, and it's, like, very different from, like, you know, like, a lot of people, like, demanding, like, uh, hunt, like, I need to play this game for 300 hours, it needs to be infinitely replayable, and it needs to, like, have, like, 4K graphics and all this, and a short hike's like, just have a chill time, like, just hanging around. I'm like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> I So, yeah. I really need to play a short hike, I really do, because I got it as part of the itch uh black lives matter bundle. oh yeah yeah yeah. it's it's lovely and, and it's a again it's a short experience so and as someone who doesn't have a lot of time anymore it's like i need games that are really short now i can barely like sink in like a ton of hours into any game at this rate so having short games is really nice time is nothing but a concept a, a, a mystery it's... anymore Especially, especially in 2020, especially in COVID era, but <laughs> but, but like I I really need to play a short hike because obviously I did get it with the uh, BLM bundle, but also because um, I have a friend who is um, who has basically gone to bat for um, a short hike a lot, mm-hmm. and, I, and I seen them stream it actually last year I think it was. So I I need to play it. I really need to play it. <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. It's such my jam as well. It's such my mm-hmm. jam. I really need to play it. Um, yeah. So, um, top three games ever. What would they be? Undertale at the top, obviously. But how would you fill out that top three? Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Undertale, Breath of the Wild, Sims. Oh. Okay. I think. <laughs> oh, I feel like. Yeah, watch watch me get like cancelled by gamers because like, <laughs> a game that they they're like, This is my favorite game, why is it in your top three? I'm like, I don't know, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. Um I'm sort of fascinated by that because I thought um I, I figured considered you'd put one ahead of the other, I thought it would be the Sims and the Ember of the Well. I'm so much Yeah, I actually don't that. know. It's 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 hard. It's just it's so hard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, maybe maybe it is The Sims and then Breath of the Wild. They're, they're interchangeable anyway. They are, they are. But those would be your top three at a, at a basic level at least. Yes.
want to find me on the internets, you can find me on Twitter at the Vtran, T-H-E-V-T-R-A-N. Uh, I will also, by the time this comes out, be at Innersloth, which you can find at Innersloth Devs on Twitter. And yeah, and there's also my TikTok if you're interested. I am I am one of those people, and I do a lot of TikToks about uh, game development. Sometimes a little bit salty, sometimes a little bit sassy. It's fine. Uh, that's also at the Vtran. And yeah, I will see you see, see you around the internet. As someone who has just basically gotten into TikTok over this past year thanks to COVID, definitely give her a follow. She's amazing <laughs> at TikTok. <laughs> Thanks for listening to My Favourite Game, a podcast by Play Diaries where people in the games industry come on to talk of their favourite game. If you want to listen to future episodes of My Favourite Game or press play before they go live publicly, please consider subscribing to our $2 tier on Patreon at patreon.com slash playdiaries. Next week, the second part of our Undertale arc with Kitty Crawford. Until next week, bye bye.